Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 221 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. And I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, the founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. This episode is part of our series on breakaway advisors, or rather four breakaway advisors, where we highlight technology that we have found in our experience is quite valuable to uh, firms in that state that either are uh, considering breaking away or have recently broken away or are looking to build out uh, a premium tech stack, uh, but not at premium prices that can scale uh, their business as they grow. And today we are interviewing John Milney from Black Diamond. Black Diamond is one of the top providers of technology in the RIA space. According to the Keats' 2023 tech survey, in the performance reporting category, Black Diamond is currently third with a 9% market share behind Investna Tamarack at 11% and Orion at 20%. And the portfolio management category, Black Diamond is at 6% with Orion at 10, iRebound 11, and Tamarack at 12. Black Diamond's been around for quite some time. The, the company was launched in 2005 by uh, CEO and founder Reed Colley as mainly performance reporting. That was their primary purpose. That's really all they did. In 2009, they launched a client portal. In 2010, the mobile app. Uh, uh, we were working with a number of clients that were very happy with, with Black Diamond at the time. And their biggest competitor in the space, um, this is for the under a billion dollar RIA space, was Advent Access. Now, Black Diamond was really eating their lunch, as we say, uh, for, uh, for a while. A lot of it was because Axis was an older platform. It wasn't cloud-based. It was a local installation. Uh, it didn't really even have a database. Believe it or not, it was file-based, meaning that there were hundreds and hundreds of files in a directory, and that's how it managed the data. There was no actual relational database behind Axis. Uh, so Black Diamond was a breath of fresh air. A lot of uh, small RIAs and, and, and medium-sized RIAs are moving on to it. And according to analysts and according to a lot of people in the industry, around that time, around 2011, when Advent acquired Black Diamond in a deal which uh, was $73 million then, now seems like a steal, um, that Advent had been focusing more on much larger clients, uh, hedge fund and asset management firms, and their average client was around $3 billion, while the average Black Diamond clients were around $200 million. So Black Diamond was really cleaning up with the, uh, the smaller or that's more mid-size. Smaller would be 10 million. Uh, 200 to 500 million um, is a you know mid-size RIAs. So Advent decided to buy them. They just took them out. Uh, fortunately, they kept the product rather than just you know shutting down the platform, which we have seen Advent do before. Fortunately, they kept it, which was smart. Um, things have changed a lot since then. Uh, Advent was a, themselves acquired by SSNC in 2015. Uh, Peter Hess was the president of Advent at the time. He's now president of mid-market division at InvestCloud. Reed Colley, who I mentioned was the founder and CEO of Black Diamond, is now the founder and CEO, the co-founder and CEO of Summit Wealth Systems. And back then, uh, in 2011, when the Advent deal occurred, Dave Welling was Black Diamond's chief solutions officer. And Dave is now CEO at Mega RIA Mercer Advisors. So Black Diamond had come out with some new features of functionality. They've been expanding their capabilities over the years from just performance reporting into basically a full-featured wealth platform. In 2016, they launched what they're calling their third-generation Black Diamond wealth platform. 
In 2018, they launched their own portfolio rebalancer and a new client experience. That was a big, a big change, a big uh, enhancement for their platform was having their own rebalancer rather than having to integrate with others. And in 2020, I think 2019, they hit a trillion in AUA uh, assets under advisement. So that includes reporting and billing and, and others. Of course, they're not an AUM firm, they're a tech firm. And 2022, just three years later, they hit two trillion in AUA on the platform. So congrats to Black Diamond. Uh, this is why we are covering them today. And if you want to have more, learn more information about the firm and their technology, go to blackdiamond.advent.com. Before we get started, let's talk about tech stacks. Now, at Ezra Group, we've seen tech stacks of hundreds of RIAs. And let me tell you, most of them are loaded down with tech debt. So you shouldn't feel too bad about yours. But let's face it, tech debt is like a giant anchor holding back your business growth. If you want to free your firm for exponential growth, you should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroup.com, and fill out the Contact Us form. Our experienced team can evaluate your current tech ecosystem, deliver targeted recommendations, optimize your existing systems and operations, or run an RFP and help you implement new software to take your firm to the next level. You can take advantage of our free consultation offer by going to ezragroup.com. A few quick housekeeping items that we always do before the interview. Uh, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Check out investinothers.org. That's the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. They do a lot of good work in our industry, raising money to donate to charities that are uh, either run by or helped by financial advisors. Ready to go. Let's kick this thing off. And next up on the program, I'm proud to introduce John Milney, VP of Product at Black Diamond. John, man, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you can make it. You are uh, our first guest in our new series on breakaway advisors. So we're talking to uh, some of the leading vendors in our space about how their tools and technology uh, help breakaway advisors to launch their business, grow their business, and you know move away off the breakaway status to the full. You know, hey, we're not, we're no longer breakaway. We're really, you know, we're a full RIA now. Uh, so we're we're talking to firms uh, uh, like yours, and, and Black Diamond is first up. Really happy that you're here on the program. Where are you calling in from, John? Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So it's technically winter here, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who may have a little different opinion of uh, yes. what winter actually means. It certainly is. I'm in New Jersey and it's 30 degrees. So I don't want to hear anything from you about how it's in the 60s and you're free. Keep my lips sealed. Yes, please. But can you give us a, a 30 second elevator pitch for Black Diamond? Yeah. Uh, so Black Diamond, uh, you know, it started as a reporting system. You know, it's really kind of evolved into a broader wealth platform, you know, really focused on, you know, enriching that, you know, relationship between the advisor investor and, you know, hopefully help you know, advisory firms scale, you know, as they continue to grow. So, you know, capabilities ranging from rebalancing and trading, outsourced data reconciliation, client billing, client portal, you know, the, the list of functions have continued to grow over the years, but, you know, we're really there to, you know, enable advisory firms to grow their practice and, and bring on new clients and really provide, you know, as great a service as they possibly can to those end investors. It's all about great service, John. That everyone's trying to do. Yeah, I've I've been I've been using Black Diamond for many years. Other my clients have been using Black Diamond, so I was there when you. It was just a portfolio reporting tool, 
uh, long, long time ago. And it's been impressive to see uh, how it's been built out, expanded, especially uh, since the the acquisition by Advent and then Advent's acquisition by SSNC. Uh, it became uh, it, that some firms you know might get lost in the shuffle, but I'm happy to say that SSNC really helped you know put some money into Black Diamond and, and built it out into one of the leading providers in our space, which is why you're here. Yeah, it's been um, it's been fun. So I've actually been through both the acquisitions. So it started back in 2010. So I, I started when it was just kind of that reporting system. So it's it's come a long way, and it's yeah you know, different growing pains and different problems to solve over the years. But yeah, I think both to your point with the Advent acquisition and the SNC acquisition, it's it's really both have been catalysts for you know the Black Diamond team, and you know it's been fun to see you know what it's evolved into over the years. We're going to cover three areas of the Black Diamond platform that I think would be most interesting to breakaway RIAs. One is the rebalancer, two is the client portal, and three is integrations. And then we're going to maybe we'll touch on data recon if we have some time to do that. So let's let's start with the rebalancer. How does the portfolio rebalancer help breakaway RIAs scale and grow their business? Yeah. Um, so the, the rebalancer is one that that's you know very near and dear to my heart. Um, it was a kind of project, you know, to help spearhead what was now you know probably five six years ago. Yeah, I think we you know for a while we had a rebalancer. It was, it was probably more aimed at being a substitute for Excel, which I feel like you know there are a lot of firms that are probably still using that as their primary you know rebalancing tool. I think to your point, the the problem arises when you try to you know, leverage that tool set at scale. So when we thought about, you know, our next iteration of the rebalancer, it kind of came down to two, two core tenets. You know, I think one was that scale, you know, the customization per clients, the ability to you know, use this as a tool that allows you to really manage your client's investments across, you know, dozens of clients, hundreds of clients, thousands of clients, you know, it needed, it needed to be built in a way that, you know, could support that scale, um, but also still provided the same user experience that, you know, we, we firmly believe in throughout the rest of the application. So, you know, the experience the end investor has within the portal should not be wildly different than the advisor logging into the rebalancer to, you know, review their, their client accounts or their client portfolio. So, you know, I think, you know, building that rebalancer in a way that, you know, can offer that scale, but also still have the customization that advisors need to service those clients, whether it be cash management, tax management, you know, all those nuances um, that come with, you know, the, the different flavors that, you know, people want to, um, you know, implement within their client portfolios. And then, you know, still having it be, you know, a tool that you enjoy coming into day in and day out and doesn't require you know, months worth of training that you can kind of pick it up and go. That would be unusual, a rebalancer that doesn't require months of training. It's, Most it's of our goal. Yet you know, sometimes it still takes that long, but, you know, for firms that are ready, you know, we can get them up to speed in, you know, a matter of days or weeks. Um, so that was always kind of one of our, you know, core philosophies of, you know, we want it to be easy to use, but, powerful when it needs to be powerful. How does the orchestration process or orchestration layer work in the rebalancing? Yeah, so this was kind of one of the 
you know, when we touched a little bit earlier about scale and how do we achieve that scale, uh, the orchestration really allowed us to segment, you know, maybe the different stages of the rebalancing process. So you know, I think one of the decisions we made early on was, you know, with Black Diamond being, you know, this portfolio management, portfolio reporting system, we already had a lot of that core data needed for, you know, the rebalancer to function, whether it's, you know, accounts, households, tax lots, all of that was readily available. Um, but, you know, that's still where we've seen the biggest bottleneck is how do we, you know, consume this data in a way that allows us to scale horizontally. So, you know, the first part of that orchestration is, you know, retrieve all the data that we need to effectively rebound. So it's gathering all those client accounts, it's gathering all the tax lots, it's gathering all the rules and settings, and it really kind of packages that up into the next stage of, okay, you have all your data available, we're now gonna ship you off to kind of that core rebalancing engine, which you know, I, I will um, kind of borrow from our, you know, our engineers describe it as, you kind of want that rebalancer to be, you know, not stupid, but, you know, it should take inputs and generate outputs. And as much of that as we could front load with that kind of initial staging process. And, you know, the rebalancer really knows how to do certain things based on a you know, certain subset of rules. You know, that's really all it's responsible for doing. And then these settings can be applied on top of it. And then last but not least, it's kind of that trading portion. So once it's gone through the staging, the rebalancing, you know, it can now then be shipped off for the trading process, which, you know, as being part of the broader SSNC family, they have their own fixed network, which has been nice to be able to tap into that. Uh, so it's really, you know, those are kind of the core tenets of the rebalancing lifecycle that, you know, each of those are able to scale as needed. So, you know, if there's a, you know, large movement in the market and, you know, we have hundreds of clients trying to, you know, rebalance or get out of security at the same time, you know, our system isn't going to come to a, a screeching halt. You know, we can scale that up as needed because each of those kind of bespoke areas um, are treated you know, uniquely and are set up to, you know, scale as um, usage you know, can spike. One of the areas that a lot of rebalancers uh, have trouble with is tax management. Whereas they have, we, we, we classify a couple of different levels of that. One is being tax aware. So simple stuff like avoiding short-term capital gains or avoiding wash sale violations. But um, when it gets to tax loss harvesting, things get more complicated and, and, and more advanced tax management is something some rebalancers just don't do very well. So how did Black Diamond um, attack this problem to deliver strong tax management capabilities. Yeah, and I think, you know, tax management is probably one of the premier functions advisors can provide. I think it truly probably starts with just needing clean data around the tax lots themselves, right? If you don't have that, then everything downstream is just going to fall apart. So, you know, it are, you know, the, the focus that we put on getting this data into our system, you know, as quickly and cleanly as possible is paramount. Um, and I think the ability to synchronize that data from the custodians has been a big lift to, to making that possible. Uh, the second part being, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's really one database for Black Diamond. So, you know, as that data becomes available, we can immediately begin running, you know, any test across that data. So, 
you know, as our reconciliation process finishes, you know, we're scanning for drift, we're scanning for cash, and most importantly, we're looking for those harvesting opportunities. Uh, you know, whatever threshold that the client decides on, if it's 10%, 20%, you know, some variability with that. And, you know, what we're currently working on is really expanding that customization as well. So if you have different tolerances for, you know, certain asset classes, you know, equities versus fixed income, you can actually dictate that to the system. You can dictate, you know, which uh, securities you want to, you know, swap into and really make that as automated as you can, um, still needing the review before, you know, it gets out, set out to actually execute. Uh, but really that's, you know, we want to do as much of the work upfront as possible to where then it just becomes a review process for the advisor that they can tweak, they can easily adjust. I think that's, that's the, the other piece we've learned is it's definitely part science, part art um, when it comes to rebalancing that there's, you know, the engine can do what it wants to, but the advisor is always going to want to tweak and adjust that and we need to make sure that we're giving them the information they need you know, to make the most informed decision as possible. So it's, it's definitely been an ongoing investment for us, but something that you know, we want to be you know, at the forefront of um, you know, tax management capabilities for advisors. That leads me into our next topic, which is client portal. So you mentioned clean data, tax management, orchestration. Nothing speaks about orchestration as much as a client portal, where you're orchestrating a lot of data from a lot of different sources and presenting it in a way that's understandable to a wide range of clients. So uh, all of our RA clients uh, that are using uh, Black Diamond love the portal. Uh, can you talk about some of the areas that you feel are its strengths and, and how you built them to be um, such as they are? Yeah, so the, the client portal is always, I would say it's always something that we've kind of hung our hat on um, at Black Diamond. I think it's always been at the forefront of you know, where we see our value proposition and where technology can come to play. You know, I think even, gosh, it's probably 11, 12 years ago, I think we were the first one with an iPad app before it was, you know, the, the standard in the marketplace. So, you know, I think when we think about the experience we want to give to the end investor, you know, it's being frank and knowing that, you know, they probably have a bunch of different portals that they're logging into, whether it's the custodial platform, whether it's, you know, maybe the firm has their own um, set, maybe they're using mint.com, right? There's kind of this proliferation of portals. And I think the one thing we, we knew we needed to do was to kind of become that financial hub for the advisor where it was, or for the investor um, so that they could come in and there's really one consolidated view of everything that impacts their financial lives. So, you know, obviously you know, the, the core reporting and accounting data, so your performance, your allocation, that's kind of been Black Diamond's bread and butter for the longest time. You know, where we've expanded those capabilities is, you know, pulling in statements from custodial partners so you don't have to go to, you know, Schwab or Fidelity or Pershing to retrieve those statements. Those are within the same portal. Uh, Document Vault, uh, which we've had for probably five or six years so that the firm can share documents easily back and forth with the end client. Uh, we have um, you know, a relationship timeline, which is more of a communication type tool from advisor to client uh, task. You know, so really trying to build out those capabilities to where you know, it is that, that one-stop shop for the client. And obviously the, the experience around that 
you know, you want that to feel like a modern solution. You want it to feel, you know, like something that the advisor is proud to put in front of a client. So that's why it's always something that will probably be our biggest investment area um, to keep up, you know, the look and feel. Uh, mobile has been obviously a key component of that and making sure that the mobile experience is on par with what we're offering in the web. So it's, it's, you know, to your point, it's been a keen focus of ours and will probably be for, you know, hopefully as long as, as I'm around here. It, it is terrific. It's, it's one of the, the features that I know our RA clients really uh, love to love to talk about how much they like it. What's the um, relationship timeline and how does that help advisors understand what their clients are doing and, and how they're interacting with them? Yeah, so this, uh, yeah, I think the idea actually came out, came about kind of at the you know advent of kind of the robo-advisor, um, mm-hmm. maybe the fear um, that may have kind of put into the, the system when, when those were starting to gain traction of, you know, how do we, um, you know, remind the client of all the great things that the advisor does for them. And maybe there are things that they never see or you just forget. It's just kind of human nature of, you know, the relationship timeline is meant to be that that artifact that they can go back and see, you know, this recap of the meeting we had, or these are, you know, coming out of that meeting, these are the things I'm responsible for, you're responsible for, uh, to really kind of mimic that, you know, social type interaction to where, advisor and investor can comment back and forth, or if there need to be additional people, you know, added to this comment, you know, you can do that. So trying to personalize it a little bit, you know, I think, again, when you're looking at performance numbers all day and allocation numbers and tax lots, it can get very, you know, cold and quantitative. So, you know, we wanted to bring a little bit more of that humanization aspect to it and, and remind the investors that, you know, you're, the human aspect cannot be understated um, that they know you as a client they know it's important to you and you know yes the investment management is a big part of that relationship but it's not the only thing so you know just always trying to reiterate that um, and drive that point home and again allow advisors to provide the level of service that you know their clients are ultimately expecting besides the relationship timeline and the document vault what are these some what are some of the other tools that are available in the Black Diamond client portal? Uh, so, you know, I think the, the reporting aspect has probably been one that's always, you know, been key. I think the other one that, um, you know, has been at the forefront of our mind for a while is just kind of the investor aggregation, right? How can advisors get that, you know, complete balance sheet view, get those held away accounts that they may not always see. You know, I think that's something that's built been built natively into the portal. Uh, you know, we're also looking at, you know, I think the experience that the client has, how do we mimic that for the advisor to make it easier to, you know, get the oversight and, you know, some of the maintenance type workflows that, that they need. So whether it's, you know, a client getting locked out of the portal or, you know, a client asking a question, can the advisor easily answer that via web? Can the advisor easily answer that via, you know, mobile app? So we're trying to also, you know, step up the capabilities of not just the experience the investor has, but also how can the advisor more easily interact with the, that client on the go um, as being something that we're, we're really trying to round out that story as well. Everyone's on the go, man. 
No one's stopping. Got to have everything at your fingertips, uh, all shapes and sizes, and all ways and forms, the form factors. Do you have any data on how many clients are using the mobile app versus the web? So the mobile app, yeah, I think from a pure login standpoint, and I can get this just to confirm I'm not making up numbers, but I do think it's about 50-50. Um, yeah, I think from you know, one of the you know, decisions we made you know, probably three or four years ago was uh, investing in a solution called Pendo, which is kind of our analytics platform. So we're able to you know, not only see what devices you know, clients are logging in from, uh, we can see what browsers they're using, we can see their actual you know, life cycle once they're logged in. So we can see kind of their natural um, you know, navigation patterns, which has really informed how we've built a lot of the portal as well. So we know, hey, you know, 90% of the time they're logging in immediately going to the homepage or to their accounts page. Well, maybe that should be our default. So, you know, we've really used that, that tool set to just gather more data on how those users are using the platform. But I think from what we've seen, you know, it's a probably about, still probably about 50-50, but you know, I think the adoption we've seen from firms kind of wanting either a, you know, effectively a white label version of the application, which we do offer. Um, so it's kind of the black diamond app underneath, but you can have it with your branding. Um, they can look for your firm within the uh, app store. So, you know, we do offer that and um, kind of allow for that, you know, firm to have their specific look and feel on it as well. It's important to know where they go through your environment, what they're clicking on, how they go from the dashboard to reports, to details, to you know, kind of see their, their path through the system. Is there any big changes you made to the portal based on the analytics you received from users? So I think, yeah, touch a little bit on it earlier. I think we did see you know, we, we had kind of this, you know, homepage experience, but we did see, you know, people log in, they'd be directed to the homepage. And then it was something, you know, 80, 90% would navigate to kind of just their account list. They just wanted to see their balances. They just wanted to see how they're doing. So we probably, you know, made a few decisions. One, you know, allowed optionality for the end investor to choose where their landing page was. Um, so if they always wanted to go there, let's let them do that and we can navigate them directly. We also made, you know, brought some of that information forward to that home experience as well. So if they're always going to try to see this data, you know, that's clearly something important that we should surface more readily. So it's really helped us figure out, you know, why are people going, you know, either an undesired way. So we've had to change some of our workflows or, you know, call out, um, you know, maybe how we, you know, had ultimately designed, but ultimately, you know, best way plans, you know, usually don't work out that way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's usually been that. I think, you know, for new features, it's been immensely valuable where, hey, are we are we getting the adoption we want? Are people not able to find it? Um, which probably happens more often than we'd like to admit. Um, and that was the, the other part that we got with Pendo is, you know, they have kind of this guide functionality. So as we push out new functionality, we can actually effectively alert them via the platform of you know, this new piece of functionality is available or here's how you get to this. Mm -hmm. And we can actually help with that adoption by a third party tool. And it's, you know, it's very easy for our team to kind of spin those up. So I think just 
seeing where behavior may deviate from what we expect, you know, we've, we've been able to have, you know, a variety of tools that allow us to course correct pretty quickly. That's the important part is how fast do you change? How fast do you adjust? Right. That's, that's the name of the game. All right. So the last area I want to touch on before we go is integrations. Talk about uh, the integrations because that's very important to um, our clients. And it's one of the reasons why at Ezra Group, we launched our Ezra Group Wealth Tech Integration Score, which Black Diamond uh, scores very high on. Thank you very much. Um, can you talk about your your approach to integrations and um, some of the underlying technology that you, you've done, you've used to, to make them work so as well as they do? Yeah. Uh, and when we think about integration, it's it's maybe two different ways. There's kind of data coming in and data coming out. Uh, if you think of integration that way, I think from a, a data in standpoint, right, that's kind of your you know, standard data network and feed from custodians. It's, you know, how do we you know, consume CRM data? Um, so pulling that from Salesforce, pulling that from other CRM providers out there, there's kind of, you know, where these source of truths should be. You know, we want to make sure we have a, a you know, input mechanism for all these, you know, whether, you know, flat file, API based, you know, it's, we want to be as flexible as we can be. Um, and then when it comes to data out, you know, I think that's just as important to us. So as we're, you know, kind of becoming that central hub of data for a lot of our clients, how easy is it for us to either get that data to other third party vendors, whether it's planning systems, if you're not using our rebalancer, how do you get that data into a rebalancer as quickly as possible? Uh, so we do have a you know dev portal that's um, hosted in Azure, uh, but really that kind of dictates you know these are all the various APIs we make available. You know a lot of the core data, accounts, households, tax lots, transactions. You know a lot of that's readily available um, to feed those other systems, and then you know again from a lot of those same APIs, it's kind of you know, what we consider maintenance APIs. So, you know, if you do have that technical acumen and, and you want to really automate a lot of your processes, you know, you know, streamlining or automating, you know, the creation of a new client household, maybe from, as they go from prospect to client, how do you configure them within Black Diamond? You know, all that can be automated through, you know, effectively APIs that, again, effectively what, we're consuming internally, we can expose externally to clients as well. And you know, and our team here wants to help walk you through how best to use those and, and the right way to use them. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely been the biggest trend we've seen over the past you know, year or two is just the growth of advisory firms, having more of those development or engineering capabilities to really get the value and get the scale that they need out of the platforms and getting these disparate systems to you know talk together and and work together in ways that may not happen um natively so yeah, i think that's that's an area that has been a, a big growth area for us that will you know continue to be you know a big area for us as we move into next year and beyond you might be on mute craig I know that the um, uh, when you talk about the developer portal, how um, do you see that operating, and how much support do you guys provide to that? How how often is it used? How many APIs are being accessed? Do you have tracking that kind of data? 
We do. Um, I'll need to probably get you know some of the the metrics to to share back with you. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the the big piece the portal gives is kind of the metrics and insight into mm-hmm. what's actually being used. Yeah, you know, I think the the heaviest adoption is kind of you know accounts, positions, households, transactions, a lot of that core reporting data that you know we can aggregate for firms. They're kind of using us to then get that back out of the system. Uh, but really, the hope with the developer portal is that you know, any um, engineer could log in there and, you know, it's kind of a self-guided experience where, you know, if I need to get track transactions, this is, you know, how I get them. These are kind of the data mappings, which again, I think that's, that's probably the biggest part and where we have to spend the most time um, from a support or walking through is just the language translation of this is what we consider account versus what client considers account or, you know, you're looking for this entity and this is, you know, what we call it in Black Diamond. So a lot of it is just kind of a translation game. So we try to, you know, put as much of that documentation at the forefront, but inevitably, you know, questions still arise. And, you know, we've, we've always believed uh, in the power of service and, you know, we, we view our clients as partners. So, you know, if you have questions, if you need clarification on something, you know, our team's always available. Um, to answer that. So we have kind of a multi-tiered of, you know, we have, you know, specialized service teams who can help walk you through getting set up on the API, you know, setting up SSO, any of those kind of, you know, tier one type support, but we also, you know, have easy access to our, you know, product and development teams if there's um, more advanced troubleshooting that needs to go on, more uh, deep dive into, you know, exactly how should I be requesting this data and, and really giving kind of the best practices. So yeah. it's it's definitely a area we, we need to expand on and, and have more of those workflows to, to help guide people how to use them um, in the most efficient way or the most, you know, most desired way for both of our sides. Um, so it's, you know, I think as more questions come up, you know, the first thing we do is add that to our developer portal. So hopefully we head off any more uh, similar questions like that. One thing you'd mentioned was that you were taking the APIs you consumed internally and exposing them through your your portals. And that's what we call eating your own dog food, right? You're not just building APIs for external use, you're using them for your own products and then sharing them. So they're well-tested, they're well-utilized, they're well-documented. Um, to me, that's a, a, a huge benefit and shows that you're you're really committed to the whole, the, the, the way of what the API way of thinking. And I think, and you know, it's been really over the past three or four years, and we we kind of went through a you know, replatforming exercise six, seven, eight years ago now. Um, it was track of time. I think that was one of the big things that you know, data could be updated from ten different avenues, and it was hard to know, you know, what was the data before, who changed it, what was changed, and without having that centralized front door you know, via the API, you know, that was going to become impossible. So it's been a big, big effort to, you know, ensure that, you know, there really is just one path to updating this data, to creating this data, deleting this data. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, if, if we're using it, it's tested, it's reliable, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not going to be any different whether it comes from external or internal consumers. So um, I've seen a lot of benefit from doing that. John, uh, we've run out of time. You've been a fantastic guest. Can you tell us 
where uh, the listeners can find out more information about Black Diamond. Yep. Uh, if you go to blackdiamond.advent.com, uh, you should find uh, plenty of materials on the Black Diamond Wealth platform and you know, reach out to someone on our team to learn uh, some more information. Awesome, Joe. Thanks again for being on the program. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, everyone. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. We covered a couple different areas. One was the um, rebalancer. So we talked about uh, the orchestration process, some of their features for tax management, tax loss harvesting, uh, monitoring tools. Uh, we like what they've done with their rebalancer. Check it out. We then talked about the climb portal and the relationship timeline feature, how they believe it prioritizes communications for web and mobile and has analytics to track user behavior. And of course, no tech podcast from Ezra Group would be complete without talking about integrations. Black Diamond has some very flexible integration capabilities. They have maintenance APIs, and they also use their own APIs internally for their own uh, operations, which we call eating your own dog food, and is the way to go. If I'm going to work with a vendor, I want them to use their own APIs internally, not just externally. And that's a wrap on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. Please go to our website, ezragroup.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you will receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information, updates. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening and talk to you all again next time.